says, with Jephthah returned to his home in Mizpah, who should come out to meet him but his daughter, dancing to the sound of timbrels? Which, okay, you know, like, like you go to a... Little hand cymbals? Yeah, like the ones that, like, belly dancing. (laughs) Daddy is such a warrior. (laughs) (laughs) You fight good, Daddy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Growing Up Christian. I'm Casey, and today it's just me. I uh, have to forgive us, but our uh, between family stuff over the holidays, and then I got really sick on Monday. Uh, kind of threw our recording schedule into a bit of a mess. So we'll keep this intro short. Um, our episode today is with one of our favorite people we've met since starting the podcast, somebody who's just like a ball of positivity and a ton of fun to talk to, the existential ginger. Um, Sharice is just a really cool person that uh, I think she's got great perspectives on things. And if you're not familiar with her story, she grew up in the Mormon church and had kind of like a climactic exodus from the church you know, when she was still a, a, a young person and she hosts a podcast on her own called The Existential Ginger that's on the White Horse Media Group, where uh, she talks about spirituality and confronting some of those old ideas and things like that. Um, if you want to hear more from Sharice, you can follow her on all the socials at The Existential Ginger. And uh, I think she's got some other stuff going. She's got a Patreon. She's doing like a candle release thing right now um just all sorts of cool stuff from sharice and we had a blast talking to her uh so as always if you're enjoying the show we'd appreciate it if you'd leave a review wherever you're listening to it and uh you know maybe share it with a friend somebody who you know won't think less of you (laughs) for, for listening to this uh and if you want to get in on the conversation we have a discord server Uh, Message us on Instagram or Twitter, and uh, we'll send you a link to that. So, without further ado, enjoy our conversation with the Existential Ginger. Hey, everybody. We are back with our friend, Sharice. What's up, Sharice? Hey. (laughs) It's been so long since we've talked. It feels like it's been forever. It really does. It's good to be back. Yeah, you've been a a busy person and a sick person. Yeah, I've been I've been busy. I've been sick. I've had two out of the three. Uh, what are they calling it? Tri tridemic or whatever things going around. So <laughs> all this left is monkeypox. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've not had monkeypox. Thank God. I don't really even understand what it is. I have to be honest, um, because I feel like it, we were talking about the media blowing stuff up. I feel like it's just I don't even, I don't even know what to listen to anymore. I think monkeypox is like a Resident Evil sort of disease. It seems like. Yeah. Turns people into human zombies. I love that. Yeah, I that one was true. Like I was de- like, I have no real reason to be more scared of it. Like when you look at the numbers, uh, but COVID, you're like, yeah, you get the flu, you feel awful. That's what I would expect I would go through. 
I wasn't, I, I never really was overly concerned about ending up in a hospital or on a respirator or anything like that. Right. Um, looking at the numbers, whatever. I, I think even if the odds were against me, I'd have a general demeanor where I wouldn't actually think too much about it and would, but monkeypox. Oh my God. Like I, the fear of what the symptoms are trumped my like numbers game. It is, it is some dystopian, like weird. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. Boils, fissures, like open wounds on your body. In your body. A guy that's like a podcast host that I listened to on another show. He got it somehow. And he was, he called into the show like this past week and was talking about it. And he's like, this is like the most pain I've ever experienced. Aww. He's like his hands were just covered in bo- like blisters, and I, it sounds terrible. Like it's such a an awful thing. <laughs> but maybe it's I don't know if it's like I haven't heard a lot about it lately. So I haven't either, and that's the thing is like every time I hear about it, it's like it's like it's uh like your it melts your skin off type of a thing, and I'm like, does it? Like I I know it's bad, but like is it that bad? And then I just freak myself out and stop reading or watching whatever. <laughs> Remember the good old days when people used to just send anthrax in the mail, right? <sighs> the good old days. Things are so I mean, complicated now. I, I was thinking back about the days of like people wiping down groceries and shit. You're just like, I never even did that. I have to be honest. I was like, mm. yeah, I actually drew the line there too. But people did it. And it hey, was like, if that's this... what you do to make yourself like feel safe, <laughs> then more power to you. Well, if now, hey, who knows? We wipe down our groceries and Fauci might go to jail for it. So <laughs> <laughs> serving dirty melons. <laughs> so I love uh, Okay, wait, I got to actually bring up another thing that I I I consider myself to be a reasonable person, like everyone else on the planet who's not reasonable. And... <laughs> right, 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 right. But I, I remember. It's like the... literally everyone describes themselves. They're like, I'm just a really like rational person yeah. to me. Like it's all Very about like. Self-aware. I'm just logical. I have to reason my way through it. Like I'm a logical person. Like every person describes themselves as that. Yeah. Not like all of you. Like I, I like to take emotion out of it when I think about things. And you're like, oh, do you? Because you are definitely one of the most emotionally charged people I've ever met in my life. But I think from the start of all of the, I don't know why we're doing pandemic callbacks now, but I just thought about the lines in grocery store. Like the, you have the arrows and aisles. It's like, oh God, that was obvious horse shit from the start. And then if... like wiping down the belt every single time, like a new customer came and I was like, nobody sneezed on it. I don't like, it's I don't like understand. They... You're still going to touch all the groceries. It's like they took the, like the hardest jobs <laughs> to care about and made them worse for the people who do. Them. They really did. Yeah. They really did. They made them worse. But then like at least for like what, maybe 180 days, they got like all this praise from people like, Oh my God, they're just essential. They're essential workers, and we need to really like. We should we should do tips. We should tip them, uh, which would be funny actually. Like when you looked at all the essential workers, if you walked into your grocery store and you saw a uh, what is what's the uh, square? It's like anytime you see basically oh. like a square 
device or anything like that, you go, okay, I'm about to tip for shit that I have never had to tip for in my life before this. And it's, (laughs) if you put all those in grocery stores, everyone who praised essential workers would be like, what the fuck is this? I mean, I felt, I did feel bad for cashiers, but it was like having been a grocery store cashier, I was like, it would be awful, but it's also awful to shop because you got like the divider thing. And then I'm like, okay, I'm handing you my, my bonus card to, for you to scan. Do I go this way around the, do I, what do I do? Yeah. I need my bonus card savings. Do you understand (laughs) how difficult it is to talk through plexiglass? (laughs) Come on. And then if they're handing you your receipt, it's the same thing. They're like, oh, oh, you're an essential worker. Over here. (laughs) I'm an essential shopper. <laughs> you need me You're as much as I need you. Afloat. <laughs> I'm doing you guys a favor because those PPE loans aren't going to pay for themselves. Oh, wait. They did. Uh... <laughs> and Marjorie Taylor Greene got 200 grand out of that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that squares. A fun tangent. <laughs> tipping. All right. So, Okay. How do you guys like generally if there's a if there's an opportunity to tip, I try to I try to tip like that's I won't say that I always do, but I almost always do something right. But what I don't like is the constant like bombardment by like all these big box stores and stuff like that that are like, you want to make a donation to St. Jude or whatever round up. Roundup yeah. for yeah. prostate cancer, and I'm like, do you need the tax write-off or something? Like, why can't I just denote? Why can't I donate to the organization? I why seriously I think that's you? what it is. I think they literally just like take your money and use it as a write-off. Isn't CVS in like really big trouble for that right now? Oh, really? I I I don't know. I saw something going around on Instagram about how they're being sued because they were like collecting donations for. The American Diabetes Association or something, and they never gave them the donations. Oh my god, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I can see them not giving a shit about actual humans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I like that they ask you for money after charging you double for groceries. <laughs> like, you ever buy like like a monster a at CBS? Round up. <laughs> it's like I just paid eight dollars for a bag of peanuts, man. Yeah. <laughs> The only thing, the only time I select yes to round up is like some of the local businesses will do like, do you want to round up to the nearest dollar for the local town's food pantry? And I'm like, I like that. I do that every time. If you, if I go to PetSmart and they want me to, I don't know, round, it's like round up to stop. Something about homeless pets, right? Yeah. It's like, do you want to save a pet today? I'm like, no. I mean, (laughs) I'm here for my pet. Like, <laughs> make them a burger. Make them into a burger. They're fine. I mean, they're fine. Most of them are fine. And if they're not, like, I don't know. I, I know. I round up a- for wildlife at Cabela's when I'm buying my. If you don't like my flag, I'll help you pack shirt. Yeah, that's that's about. And the that only goes one. to the uh, build the wall fund. If I'm don't right. tread on me. <laughs> and by the build the wall fund, I mean the line. Julie, wait, who was the who went away for that one? Oh, um, oh god, that disgusting toad man. Yeah, he was <laughs> Steve Bannon. Got to narrow yeah, it down Bannon. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, Bannon. I like how Bannon well, went away for that, and like Trump just like 
still just chilling. Like, well, like he Sir had Rob nothing to do with Boyle it. Bannon. God, if there's a guy who's in, I you got to hand it to Trump. I don't think a single person in human history has insulated himself from repercussions like that guy has. It's quite. Uh, it really is quite incredible. Yeah. So there's still time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the news tightens a bit every day. I think it, it does. It does. <laughs> Man, so uh, have you have you have you backslidden back into Mormonism? Is that what I'm? Is that what I'm hearing? That's backsliding, going from not something back into it. <laughs> I, I so, think for wow. me it is. Yes, it have be. I? I don't. I don't think I have. No. Okay, we we were concerned. Just needed oh. to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> what would make you think that? The braids, oh, no, it, really, mm. specifically the braids. I mean, I'm wearing a shirt that says coffee on it. That's a big that's a big no, no in Mormonism. Oh, yeah. I didn't even yeah. think about how that that's a an abomination. in and well, you can only see the top part of it. And I think it I, I wasn't sure if the bottom said the coffee will send you to hell. Uh, uh, that's it fair. doesn't. It just says Valid. shop underneath it, I guess. Yeah. So. What the, what percentage of like like Mormons under the age of 50 would you say drink coffee? Or soda mm. or whatever. Like, cause that's an easy rule to break. Like, is it a lot? I don't know. I think it's changed a lot even since I was a devout Mormon. I think there's more people taking like a buffet approach to the religion, which, hey, kudos. Yeah. Um, but when I was devout, I mean, no, nobody I knew drank coffee. Soda, really? yes, but coffee, no. But not soda with caffeine. So, Barks well, is out. Well, you can drink caffeine. Oh. Yeah, it's it's a whoa, common whoa, misconception. Whoa, whoa. It's a common misconception. Okay, I've been misconceived. <laughs> I don't think that's the right way to say that. But nope, not at all. <laughs> what's so? What's the what's the stig stigma around coffee? So there is a scripture that was revealed, air quotes, to <laughs> Joseph Smith. Yeah, revelation from God to Joseph Smith, where God tells Joseph that hot drinks are not good for the belly. Somewhere around... So, uh, so, so someone interpreted that... Ice coffee that, seems nope, like the obvious nope. loophole. Help me here. So someone <laughs> along the way interpreted that to mean tea and coffee. And then the, the Mormon church has literally come out with like articles that are like, just in case you're wondering, iced tea and iced coffee, still not okay. But, you know, load up on those energy drinks and... I think I think Utahns, because there's a lot of Mormons in Utah, drink more soda per capita than probably any other state in the United States. Like there instead of there being like coffee shops on every corner, there's soda shops. Like you go and get like a Dr. Pepper with like coconut flavoring in it and they charge you four dollars. Like really? the wine is like wrapped around the corner. Oh, it's Casey's a thing. Like, oh, I cannot wait to Dude, I could I could get down with that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird and it never made sense to me as a mormon either i really really do think it's just one of those like they say jump and you say how high type things wow i yeah. am floored so t so okay i don't get it i actually because well it's it's what, just like the hot it's like the evangelical thing with with alcohol it's like well is it strictly forbidden no but you know, you shouldn't take chances. Can you drink hot chocolate? Yes. What hot the chocolate? fuck? Nothing makes, makes sense. no sense. It makes zero <laughs> sense. I know. And I remember trying to explain it to people like when I was devout and I was like, yeah, I don't really know 
Um, but you know, the Lord knows everything and maybe it's going to be revealed that like coffee is really bad for you or something as I'm like sipping my third Red Bull for the day, you know, it's fine. <laughs> wow. This I feel is a like... game changer for me. I cannot wait to tell people about this. <laughs> I feel like a first. lot of the, the Mormons that I know, cause I know a few through work and I feel like a lot of them depending on company drink and, mm. and drink coffee. So they'd that be more nuanced Mormons, it sounds like. Or if within the Mormon community, we would call that Jack Mormons. People that like don't follow all the rules are Jack Mormons. Jack Mormons? <laughs> Jack Jack Skellington was the first Mormon to just thwart it all. <laughs> I don't know where the term comes from. And then if you if you do follow all the rules, you're either a Molly Mormon or a Peter Priesthood, depending on your gender. No. This is so funny. They love Molly. So the only time they threw alliteration out the window was for Jack Mormons. That's interesting. Yes! <laughs> exactly. Is there like a, cause obviously like we grew up on Christian rock and stuff like that. Like, is there Mormon rock bands and rappers and metal rappers, bands? I would say no. Um, I feel like Mormons are very into like acapella music. I feel like that's a thing. Cool. So there's like some acapella groups. Yeah. I heard um, Idola were Mormons. I don't know if that's true, but they're from Utah, I think. Probably mm. then. So. <laughs> probably. But other than that, I can't think of any like like rock groups that are Mormon. I mean, Dan Reynolds, he's the lead singer of Imagine Dragons. He was Mormon for, for a little bit. He's not. Oh. Anymore. Yeah. Was he like a midlife Mormon sort of thing or did he grow up in it and left he grew like up early in it. on? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And is there okay? So, like in your church growing up and stuff, did you have like goth kids or anything? Like, was there no. still like a little representative group of any of those like subcultures like that there? I would say no. Um, they all just no. wore different width pleated khakis. <laughs> <laughs> did Janko make pleated yeah. khakis? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, I don't there weren't really any subgroups because I mean, the goal is kind of for everybody to be the same. So I think they try to weed that out. Yeah, I can hmm. see why that's backfiring for them pretty hard in a lot of ways. Yeah, <laughs> you think? Was it, is it that, no, it uh, might be Jehovah's Witness. Uh, sorry, I was confusing this stat with Jehovah's Witness, but um, I think it's Jehovah's Witnesses that have the highest degree of defectors, but they maintain the same numbers because their conversion rates are so high and oh i think that's that fascinating be. that anybody in 2022 is like you know what this makes sense their conversion rate numbers sound self-reported yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah who's checking could those? Be. i i feel like mormons are that way too we actually had some mormon missionaries come here i don't know it was like week before last and it was interesting because i didn't tell them that i was ex-mormon i they were just going door to door and they were you know nice kids and I talked to him for a little bit and then, uh, and now they're after... chained up in your basement. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear a weird scream, it's just, just ignore it. It's a cat. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but as they were leaving, they're like, did you guys know anybody that's like down on their luck? That could use... <laughs> and I, and uh, what's funny it's is so I did not even, it didn't even phase me. I was like, yeah, we're kind of new to the neighborhood. We don't really know anyone. Okay. Take care guys. We come inside. And my boyfriend's like, do they really like target 
vulnerable people like that and i was like huh yeah i guess i guess they do if you know anybody I, who's the, really searching for something you know yeah. someone with a hole in their anybody life who's like had a loved one die maybe you know maybe you have a terminal illness recently unemployed. in their way i'm like i never even thought about it i was like yo that is really messed up invested in uh whatever it was that sam bankman freed was working on yeah yeah ftx <laughs> fellas FTX. I, I, what gets me i think is the sermon funerals or like funeral sermons where like they take somebody's wake and turn it into like an altar call salvation message sort of thing yeah, I've seen it's it at so weddings freaky. too. Mormon oh, weddings. Mine was one of those oh. weddings. So. Oh no! <laughs> Not so exactly funny. an altar call, but it was definitely like a gospel message wedding. <laughs> it went on. I mean, I was all in then. Still, right. so you're like, yeah. Even, no, no, but actually, even then, I was like, bro, wrap it the fuck <laughs> up. Like, I'm trying to fuck for the first time in my life, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> snappy baby it's like believe me you'll have time <laughs> it'll be like two seconds you guys use the yeah it'll be yeah, fine it was really awkward when we were like you know you walk down the aisle you throw your hands in the air and then you come in your pants and everyone's like dude come on <laughs> like you can't wear button fly pants and then you just turn you to your wife and out. you're like was it good for you yeah <laughs> Did you come to? <laughs> She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, we I have uh, some Bible stories we want to get into. <laughs> Let's do it. Yes. I'd say that's so, the best transition into I can't think of a better time to start talking about. It was a great segue. Yeah. The word. Smooth. <laughs> All right. Now so we have to figure out who's, who's leading going. off. Yeah, we got to figure out who's going first. Who's coming first? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can go first because mine's a mine's not a super long one, but cool. uh, it is fun. It is not one that I remembered. So you guys remember the story of Jephthah? Jephthah. No, it was always hard to say because it's J E P J E P H P H and then H A H. So you sound like a, you have a lisp no matter how you say it. Yeah, it's yeah. like giving yourself a speech impediment. So. <laughs> it's like, you can't have this many consonants in a word, bud. They ran out of names. They were like, we've done Matthew, we've done Mark, we've done Job, we've done John, we've done, we, you know, we got to come up with something new. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar, we're getting creative. <laughs> it is funny which Anthem. names stood the test of time. <laughs> and they were yeah, generally one syllable. If it was like one syllable had a high high chance minus nahum but otherwise <laughs> pretty solid yeah nahum is not a real catchy one that's not one syllable either so Dorcas. i should probably you know think before i speak a little bit <laughs> well okay so jephthah his story takes place in the book of judges which is it's a it's My a favorite like book. it's it's the closest book of the Bible to like a graphic novel. Yeah. Oh, it's honestly it's, so good. I like it's that like 300, uh, you know, that you don't have to lie to your mom about. <laughs> <laughs> so Jephthah was born from a, 
to a guy named Gilead. He lived in Gilead. His dad's name is Gilead. Hmm. And his mom was supposedly a prostitute. Uh, I don't know if that means she was literally a prostitute or if they don't know who his mom was or she just wasn't married to the dad. She's a woman in the Bible. It's not important. (laughs) Right. She never (laughs) comes up again. (laughs) But, uh, you know, my understanding is that Gilead was married and had like sons with his wife. So like as Jephthah gets older, his siblings are like, hey, you realized we are not splitting our inheritance with you, right? There's only 12 sheep and you aren't getting two. (laughs) Harsh. (laughs) In fact, get out. So, uh, yeah, they literally like drive him out because he's not their mom's son and they don't want to split an inheritance with him. Mm, It's like a Jon Snow situation. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, there's a lot of big holes in this story. Where I feel like you got to use your imagination. Like, I mean, where was Gilead when they were just like driving his son out of the country? (laughs) Maybe he didn't like him either. You know, he's just too busy having more children. He was more of a Robert Bernathian than a Ned Stark, you know? (laughs) Ah, what's another, what's another hooker's son? I've got so many. He's a real, real Nick Cannon about it. So he leaps. And uh, the, the funnest thing about this is it says, so Jeff, Jeff, Jephthah fled from his brothers and settled in the land of Tob, which is a Tob didn't catch on either. I don't Sounds know any pretty. towns named Tob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tob, if Tob is a town today, it's definitely one of those towns where like there's a dollar general and that's it. Yeah, and the there's a there's a street lamp, but it bl- just blinks yellow all the time. It doesn't actually <laughs> change colors. It has a gas station, but you have to go in to pay because they don't have the card <laughs> swiper at the pump. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and they're not going to give you a receipt until you go back in. I ooh, getting heated. <laughs> some, so some people don't need to uh, claim their gas, so it doesn't matter if you get a receipt or not. You privileged. Yeah, that's fuck. true. <laughs> that is. A- it is a degree of privilege, I guess. <laughs> so it says that he settled in the land of Tob, where a gang of scoundrels gathered scoundrels! around him and followed him. Ooh. The Tob City Rascals was like their ga- gang name. Hooligans. Is that going to be, uh, should we all get matching tattoos? <laughs> the Tob Hooligans. Yeah, I, and, and literally, life. like, that's all they say about it. Like, there's just, like, this giant section of his life that they say nothing about until his brothers, like, come back and ask him to, like, come be their king. Wait, what? What happened? To, yeah, what? what? The similarity between that and um, Joseph is, like, the brothers. Not, I guess they didn't ask Joseph to be their king, but the irony of, was this the youngest? Did you say it was the youngest brother? I don't. I don't, I don't think it explicitly He's spells out. a bastard. Out. That's all we know. Okay. Yeah. But that is a that does seem to be a theme throughout the Bible. It's like yeah. bastard sons or youngest. It's always like the other the underdog, like the one mm-hmm. who like shows up ruling over everyone later on. So I think that's kind of funny. That, that... I feel like he leaves, and his gang of scoundrels is like an elite <laughs> fighting force full of muscle bound dudes that you know the government hires to go in and kill an alien that's hunting <laughs> that's villagers <funny. laughs> in a remote jungle. 
Wow. You've thought when a lot I think about of scoundrels, this. I think of like 1600s British poverty. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I think of the bullies on a Christmas story. <laughs> I love like the, read, the rude ginger kid. Yeah. Has, like eyes. the evil laugh. So, <laughs> I knew a kid growing up who, I don't, unanimous, anyone who had seen a Christmas story, it was unanimous. This kid looked like Scott Farkas. That's and his name, that's right. That's his name, Scott Farkas. He was the little one, right? No, he was like the, what is, God, what is this? He's like, cry, cry for your mommy, cry. He keeps saying it over and over again. But he's, yeah, he like the redheaded kid. I knew a kid that looked just like him, just like him. It was uncanny. That, that movie really captures like the bully energy though. Like yeah. it kind of gives you that, like that, like uneasy feeling in your stomach that you had when you like had to deal with those kids where they don't really do anything like overtly violent. They're just douchebags. Yeah. 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 But it, I'm feels... scared of them. Hardcore. Yes. yes, absolutely. <laughs> that was the bully I had. I mean, it wasn't a real bully, I guess, but I was, um, I would have been maybe in first grade and my school went, I think it went to sixth grade. So it was like a fifth or sixth grader that was like would antagonize my brother and I on the bus. And it was like, he didn't say my, I think the worst he ever said was just like, sup shit, man. And you're like, <laughs> cool. Like, not, not a big deal. And he was just witty, had an asshole face though. And it was like, one of the one time I did, we would like complain about it though, and my dad got on the bus one day and berated him. And uh, <laughs> whoa, that would definitely get you arrested now. But he got a call from the school, and they're like, "Look, you can never, ever step you on the bus again." <laughs> Just I stand by and mail, him, like, mail his family anthrax. What? <laughs> my dad and I have some pretty severe disagreements these days on certain things, but if there's one thing that I think we see eye to eye on, it's that that was a fucking baller move. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> well, okay, so he and the hooligans, they meet up, they're hanging out. It doesn't really say what they do, but I'm guessing there must have been a lot of them because at some point uh, the, the Ammonites are fighting against Israel. Must be invading, raiding, whatever. And it says the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. <laughs> Come, they said, be our commander so we can fight the Ammonites. Like, what has happened to facilitate this move? Like, yeah, is everyone uh, else dead? A lot of missing <laughs> details. The Wait, Ammonites killed literally like everyone. Does he have like really special skills that weren't mentioned that make him desirable for? I don't. I'm, it I doesn't don't know. say. Hmm. It's like yeah. whoever Much like wrote this. The details of his mother apparently <laughs> is unimportant. Yep. <laughs> whoever wrote it was like writing to an audience where they're just like, these guys will get it. They'll connect the dots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you can literally, your Sunday school teacher can literally just be like, well, he's the main character. They know. <laughs> oh. They knew he was going to be the main character. God. God called him, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I haven't a seen an animated Bible movie about him, so is he really? Hmm. Is you he you guys ever watch those uh, screen rant pitch meetings on YouTube? No. no. They are so funny. But it's like, it, it's this guy that he pretends to be pitching an idea for a movie, like whatever movie's out right now, to a, an executive at like a big company. 
and uh he'll ask him questions like that in the pitch meeting and he'd be like so uh you know why would they go and ask him about this if they haven't seen him in all these years and he just always responds like i don't know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, apparently Jeffler was equally confused because he's like, uh, who me? Yeah. He says, didn't you hate me and drive me from my father's house? Why do you come to me now when you're in trouble? The elders of Gilead provide an adequate explanation. I'm guessing. (laughs) No, they literally don't even give one. They're like, nevertheless, we are turning to you now. Come Mm. with us to fight the Ammonites and you will be head over all of us who live in Gilead. AKA we want you to die first in battle. I mean, it kind of sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't argue with a nevertheless, though. You can't. Yeah. It's a well, good hey, word. Nevertheless, ignore all that shit. <laughs> I mean, it's in the past. Wasn't that. I mean, you're alive, right? Stop being a fucking bitch about it, dude. <laughs> it's not like we killed that's what, you. That's what Sam Brakeman Freed's going to say like 300 <laughs> times on the stand. You're going to be like, uh, did you know that you shouldn't be pulling money out of your company like this? He's like, nevertheless. <laughs> Nevertheless, my cock. Okay, make sure. <laughs> got it. We got it. Um. So Jeff, the his first move is like, okay, I'm just gonna connect with this guy. I'm gonna open up a a, a dialogue with this Ammonite king, and so he sends him a message and says, "What do you have against me that you have attacked my country?" And the guy basically says, like. This used to all be my land. You guys came up from Egypt. You took my land. Mm. And then is this America talking? Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> right. Conservatives like, versus liberals. Like, why do you hate my country? You're like, uh, I, I. It was my country first. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that they detail in this Bible is, or in this story, is just this long letter that he sent back, where he's like. Actually, we came from this and that and stuff, and we talked. Oh, to he's this a well guy actually guy. Write. Okay, yeah, literally like this <laughs> rambling answer, like basically like, no, we won't support a two-state solution. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> and then it just says like it's like this huge letter, and it says the king of Ammon, however, paid no attention to the message Jeff sent him. <laughs> just like I left him that. on red. He, he just sent him a TLDR. <laughs> All that effort. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the spirit of the Lord comes upon Jephthah. Mm. Um, he crossed Gilead into Manasseh. <laughs> the spirit of the Lord feels right a little bit predatory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When I'm when I'm concentrating, I have a tendency to stick my tongue out a little bit. So hopefully that wasn't the case for him. <laughs> I was literally talking to a guy this week. He and his his family does a lot of mission stuff, like down in the Amazon region. And so he's been down there several times, and they do like this big Bible camp once a year, and all these villagers come out from all over the place. And his family like runs the the medical services at this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Family doctors, you know, there's doctors in the in the family and stuff. But he's like, yeah, he goes, I did I did medical care stuff down there too. Like, you what? And he's like, oh yeah, dude. He's like, there's no there's not many rules. So he's like, I stitched up a dude's taint, 
No. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, what? He goes, yeah, this guy came in and he had this huge like uh, cyst on his taint. And he's like, I had to lance it and then stitch it. <gasps> Yo. And it's, it's, he said it squirted all over his arm. <laughs> oh my god! It's like do you the, feel, uh, Do you think that was like a bet? Like the indigenous people were like, "Let's let's see if we can get this uh, stupid guy. Let's, oh, let's see if he'll idea. mess with the thing on my ass." <laughs> it's there. Look deeper. <laughs> no, I swear that would be the just best. Push, just push on it. It's fine. <laughs> Is it popping? Does it smell? It smells? Oh, oh God. yeah. <laughs> Just like the, uh, you know, the pina colada pump at the soda shop, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jephthah goes to battle. He's off to a good start. He's whooping up uh, on the guys from the, the Ammonites. And at some point, he says to the Lord, he says, if you give the Ammonites into my hands... Whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when I return in triumph from the Ammonites will be the Lord's, and I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. It was just such a, where did that come from? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, where did that idea, why did that pop into his head, of all things? That comes into play in a second here. Yeah, so, yeah. I actually remember where <laughs> this is going. Of course. So. so he beats up on the Ammonites, kicks the crap out of them. Uh, once the vet, you know, the battle's won and he's headed home, says, when Jephthah returned to his home in Mizpah, who should come out to meet him but his daughter, dancing to the sound of timbrels, which, okay, you know, like, like you go to a little hand symbols. Yeah. Like the ones that like belly dancing. (laughs) Daddy is such a warrior. (laughs) You fight good, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) and uh, he said uh it's his only daughter he doesn't have any other kids this is his only child and it says when Mm. he saw her he's the only person in the bible who doesn't have like 15 other kids yeah what's up with that dude needs to go to a brothel Uh, right where his concubines yep uh he says It says he tore his clothes and he cried, Oh no, my daughter, you have brought me down and I am devastated. I have made a vow to the Lord that I cannot break. And she replies, My father, you have given your word to the Lord. Do to me just as you promised, now that the Lord has avenged you of your enemies, the Ammonites. Which is, you know, she's a team player. So it's kind of more of a suicide. Hmm. Kind of an Abraham Isaac thing going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't exactly like speak up like midway through though. Yeah, he does the Lord does not intervene this time. Well, it's a girl. She's disposable. You're right. I, <laughs> I wasn't thinking she about that. She doesn't even have a name. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't. They Just don't mention the her name. <laughs> <laughs> she has like lines. Not important. Just lines in the story, no name. Yep. If this is a play, it would be just like daughter number Exactly. One, whatever. I guess it's not number one. It's just. Uh... I played the daughter in the play of Jephthah. <laughs> <laughs> I have it's it on, on VHS. Resume. We can watch it. Let's watch it. <laughs> uh, so she says, but grant me this one request. Give me two months to roam the hills and weep with my friends because I will never marry. Oh, she's not weeping. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah not well, from, not from her eyes, at least. Oh, oh You are just all about the discharge jokes tonight. <laughs> well, you know, the Bible brings those to my <laughs> prefrontal cortex, I guess. He says, you may go, and he let her go for two months. So it says, she and her friends went into the hills and wept because she would never marry. And Whatever. I, she had a rum springer. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Yeah. It was like, she had a little rum springer for herself, like, you know, like, cue up the good Charlotte song or whatever. They jump in like a, a Volkswagen Beetle, like one of the ones that has the, the little daisy hubcaps on it. 100%. Take off. Yep. They go to Six Flags Over Mizpah and ride the free, Mr. Freeze roller coaster six times. Do some They dip corn dogs in... in uh, that really yellow nacho cheese. <laughs> <laughs> they take a Segway tour through like the Assyrian catacombs or something. <laughs> Segway tour. <laughs> I wish she just left and then we could also have like that version. It's like, did anything happen? If, if she just took, she's like, let me just go party for a couple months with my friends. And then she never came back. See ya. <laughs> Uh, knowing the Old Testament, he would have just been struck down immediately. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Just send or, him a postcard. Or God from would have like... given him a, a new daughter. <laughs> and we just wait for her to grow up. And then, you know. It is funny because he's like, I made this promise to God and I can't break it. And there's no like, why? And it's like, oh, I mean, I, I, I guess I don't know. I mean, we already won. <laughs> yeah. So like, if I if I break it, then like. Maybe I don't know. I, I, maybe I'll die. And she's like, that makes sense. It should be me. Yeah. Did God specify that it needed to be her? Did I miss that part? Just whoever walked out the door first. Oh. So I this guess guy God didn't have a specify. dog or something that they could. That's what I keep wondering. Is like, what did he think was going to walk out the door? Like, did he have a a herd of sheep in the house or something yeah. like that? I know. <laughs> What was in there? He she literally, literally like, just like left f- and mailed him back like a picture from her iZone camera of her just like <laughs> flipping the bird. He had a full circus in there. He was just like really hoping that the clown car came out first and he could kill them all at once. <laughs> the you annoying said, uncle that nobody likes. Yeah, you should have said whoever walks out of like my dad's house first and maybe get one of his douchey brothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you know he's a honorable man, a man of his word, and so he murdered her and burnt her. Amen. And he he sat on the throne or whatever for like six years. Oh, wow. that's not that very good. long. It's a good run. It's not huh. that great. It's a term and a half. It's, <laughs> it's like Grover Cleveland got that much, I think. <laughs> yeah. Wait, well. wait, you think you're better than Grover Cleveland, Jephthah? <laughs> Your mom yeah, doesn't even have a name. <laughs> it's a good wholesome biblical story i like it yeah it's uh it's short and uh and ends in death missing a lot so. of details you know ends in death that's a recurring theme it's like a good bible story should yeah. yeah my favorite one of those is uh the crucifixion oh yeah for sure you know it's yeah. just really important to me that we That's highlight real of the bible yeah we got to make sure. we got to point that out that the best death story in the bible is the crucifixion because it saved us all so thank you the og uh, and, yeah no <laughs> no yep. yep. all right Sharice, tell us a mormon story oh boy i am so excited for this 
So Casey, you wet my whistle. <laughs> and now let me know if your whistle gets dry and I'll I'll Spit moisten them up for you a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah. boy. Um all right. So first of all, do you guys know like the premise of the Book of Mormon? Or should I Mormon explain a little bit? Mormon explain a little Mormon bit. Mormon explain. Okay. So the Book of Mormon is a companion to the Bible, not a the whole Bible. Like the regular I King no James disrespect. Version. Yeah. The King James version of the Bible. So mm-hmm. Old Testament, Christian New Testament. New Testament yep. And then the Book of Mormon. Okay. Even though okay. Well, I'm not gonna go down that road. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So so the Book of Mormon uh starts well, let's see here. It starts around six hundred BC, it looks like. And uh, and it starts in Jerusalem, but uh, most of the Book of Mormon takes place in the Americas. Both so, of them, okay, naturally. Yes. yes. So, spoiler alert: the family that we're about to talk about, um, they they grew up in Jerusalem, and then they actually crossed the ocean miraculously um, to the Americas six hundred years say before what they Christ. Crossed in oh a boat, uh, just I a mean, boat, a, yeah. Yeah. And how big is this family and how big is this boat? Um, well, let's see. There's, how there's many mom cubits? and dad. There's there's four kids. And then I think they brought they brought some women with them, too. So that's a good call. Yeah. yeah. You get uh, yeah. wonky eyed pretty quick. Well, and it's funny because the Mormon church used to teach that this is how um, like the ancient indigenous people of South America and the Native Americans came to be is from this family <laughs> that came to. Yeah. Dead serious. <laughs> it's like a real like they just are like, remember the flood story? We should like make that up again, but put it in a different place. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> so, yeah, they used to they used to teach. In fact, I think it says in the beginning of this Book of Mormon, because it's old, that that these are the uh, it's going to take me a second to find it. But anyways, basically that like this family is the ancestors of uh, American Indians. And that is not genetically accurate. <laughs> so you Mormon don't say, is, well, is science one on that. book of Mormon zero <laughs> so far. That is right. one thing I will give the Mormons is that, you know, they will retcon some things if they're <laughs> unflattering or hard to stomach. Yeah. Yeah. So they backpedaled on that and they don't say that anymore. Um, and it's no longer in the front of, of printed Book of Mormons. But do they talk about why they don't say that anymore? Or they're just like, just kidding. Oh, no. Mormons. No, 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 no. It doesn't they just ever stop get talking about it. Yeah. And if somebody asks, hey, this seems different. They go, no, it's not. <laughs> they, yeah, it's it makes they used sense. to have some like real racist stuff in there. Oh, too. God. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Read that I mean, so we can clip your voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's bad, and you know, I knew some of it in the Mormon Church. Well, I knew the the Mormon narrative versions of it, but uh, it's it's pretty bad. Brigham Young was incredibly racist. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's. And they haven't ever really come out and like condemned it. It just again, it just like disappeared out of, you know, the lesson manuals and stuff. And we just pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> Whew, uncomfortable. Super, super. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the Book of Mormon starts with a family. Um, the father's name is Lehi. 
Lehi is a prophet and he is in Jerusalem and he is teaching the people that Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. No one believes him. Uh, in fact, they're threatening his life like it's bad. And so Lehi tells his family and he has four sons and a wife <clears throat> and he tells them that they need to leave Jerusalem because it's going to be destroyed. So they basically just like up and leave their house. They leave all of their shit um, and they head out into the wilderness. And uh, then I guess, you know, the Lord didn't have great timing in telling them when to leave Jerusalem because they're in the wilderness and the Lord's like, oh, shit, you need to go back uh, because there's really <laughs> important records that this guy Laban has and you need to go get them. And so... You forgot uh, your survival food buckets. Yeah, yeah. They needed they needed these historical records for something. I don't know. And, and some so, MREs. <laughs> exactly. And a boat, how to make a boat manual, because they're going to cross the ocean, you know, years, years before the Vikings. The, he needs a cubits to whatever the modern equivalent is. Exactly. Right. It's tough. Uh, so Lehi's sons, Nephi, Laman, Lemuel, and Sam... They all go to. <laughs> I'd like that. I well, I mean, not because it's my name. I just like that it's all like names like that no one name. uses anymore. Yeah. Just like hey. <laughs> just throw it in a regular one. We love like, it. Nehum, Habakkuk, and Ted. <laughs> Bartholomew. Joe. Hezekiah. Bob. Penny. Oh shit. <laughs> slipped it right in there so they go back to jerusalem and they go to this guy laban who i guess is just like this really um he's just really rich dude and they're like hey we need to get these records from you can we have these records and laban's basically like uh fuck you you can't have them and he chases them out of his palace and <clears throat> so the brothers go back into the wilderness and they're like, well, we'll just have to go back and tell dad that we couldn't get the records. <laughs> That's it. What yeah, a bunch like of we fucking tried. quitters. I pictured them chasing him around in like times two motion with just like any <laughs> circusy music playing behind yeah, it. And any hidden move music. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and here's, here's where this comes in. And it came to pass that I Nephi. So Nephi actually wrote this. Uh, that I, Nephi, said unto my father, I will go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded. For I know that the Lord giveth no commandments unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way for them that they may accomplish the thing which he commanded them. So, and there's, there's a song that you sing in church based, based on that scripture. So Nephi's like, I'm going to, I'm going to go back. So that's a big one. It's a big one. So he goes back and <laughs> it's kind of the same thing said like eight times in a row isn't it for sure for sure so nephi goes back by himself this time his brothers were too afraid to go back and laban is stumbling out of his palace drunk yes not and on nephi's coffee like though. oh my gosh okay and so nephi's like okay god here is laban he's drunk what do you want me to do and god's like just chop off his head so <laughs> nephi's like <laughs> Nephi's like cool um so he chops off Laban's head and then puts on Laban's clothes and somehow all of the servants in the palace don't recognize that it's Nephi they think it's Laban he like or maybe God makes him look like Laban and sound like Laban I think maybe was the thing I think he pulls the shirt up over his head and then just puts Laban's head on top of his head. Yeah, that could work. 
like yeah. little rascal style. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the heads flopping off to each side over and over again. Yeah, it's kind of like the original weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. yeah. So this is the this this verse is great. Therefore, I did obey the voice of the spirit and took Laban by the hair of his head and I smote off his head with his own sword. Mm. With his and own after, sword. Yes. And after I had smitten off his head with his own sword, I took the garments of Laban and put them on my own body. Yea, even every wit. And I did gird on his armor about my loins. That's like uh, I could hear a guy who like. You know, he works at a convenience store and it gets held up at 2 a.m. and he manages to use that guy's gun against him and stop the robbery. It's like the exact same thing that that person yeah. would say. Yeah. Minus maybe the garments part. I could never pull this off because like no one wears clothes my size. <laughs> I'd have that's, like that's I'd the, have the pants rolled up like six times to to you know get them up over my shoes so I'm not tripping on them or whatever. Well, unless the sword was really hot. I, I would think there would be quite a bit of blood. So was he just wearing bloody clothes and like went in like, hey, yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> I kind of wondered about that. Old Joseph didn't think about that when he had his head. In yeah. The when when he was revealing <laughs> things. Yeah. Um. So Nephi goes back and he gets the plates. And as he's leaving, there's this there's this guy named Zoram. He recognizes that it's not Laban. <clears throat> and this is my other favorite part. Nephi, who, of course, wrote this is a very humble man. He says, and now I, Nephi, being a man large in stature and ha having like received Trump. <laughs> that Trump large in stature and also having received much strength of the Lord, therefore I did seize upon the servant of Laban and held him that he should not flee. And uh, long story short, Nephi takes the plates and the servant guy because he, he basically tells the servant guy, Zoram, he's like, hey, uh, you can come with me and my family. We're escaping because uh, Jerusalem is going to be destroyed or I can kill you. Like, what do you want to do? And Zoram's like, oh, I'll come with you. Cool. This so, giant covered in blood that has you yes. around, like by the throat. He's like, like want to come on yeah. a, want to come on vacation? Yeah. And, uh, and then Jaws they, from uh... Goldeneye. <laughs> As I think of and then they go back to Lehi with the plates and Lehi's like, oh, my gosh, this is great. And uh, and then eventually they build a boat and come to the Americas. <laughs> I, Thousands of years before the Vikings. Isn't that cool? I I like it. Yeah, I can take that story. Yeah, I, just I was just like listening how... to a thing where they were talking about how, like, there's <clears throat> There's like a growing pool of archaeologists that think that like the uh, the Carthaginians may have like made it across the Atlantic to South America. What are the Carthaginians? They were a country in northern Africa that made Rome mad a couple of times. But you've heard of like Hannibal. Yeah, yeah. Hannibal that marched on Rome. Yeah. So that, that, he was a Carthaginian general. And Rome killed all of them and destroyed mm. their city like to the brick. <laughs> it like wiped them off the face of the planet. Yikes. And there's there's archaeologists who think that some of them fleed and made it to the Americas. They were like a seafaring people, apparently. And I don't know that it's like a like that they fled. They think that they may have like had like a trade route. Oh, going across it, there. I, 
this is going to sound incredibly stupid if none of you know what I'm talking about. But I listened to Can't a wait. I listened to a podcast uh, called it's a called Throughline. It's an NPR podcast, but uh, they talked about this like group of people called the quote unquote Sea Peoples, and mm-hmm. it was fairly nomadic, and it was would have been like pre Viking. But I feel like they were talking about them coming to, but possibly coming to the Americas before also before vikings but like i don't know it was just like there's like it's there's like weird cryptic writings from people about like the quote-unquote sea peoples coming in and like pillaging and destroying everything and then it's a kind of a ransacky type group of people but it was like not pirates it was you know the pre-pirate time yeah i don't know cool i mean it's not it's not impossible i guess just improbable right <laughs> i don't know yeah. i don't know well it was also improbable that the peer that the uh pilgrims made it here but you know uh lord hand uh you know like it's a very good point. the whole time it's and a very good point now we're a christian nation so yep but couldn't help titanic but sure made sure happen. the pilgrims got here well it's maybe important. if the titanic was going somewhere to start a new country this is true this is in true. the name of the lord yep. in the name of religious freedom then things mm-hmm. would have been different mm-hmm. for them Yep. I heard that the captain of the Titanic vowed to kill his son if he got the Titanic job and then didn't follow through on it. So God killed the whole boat. Yeah, that I I haven't heard that, but I did hear that. There's the a reason, growing number of archaeologists that think that. Yeah, I, it makes wow. sense. But the leading uh, theory, as far as I know, is that everything was going fine until Leonardo DiCaprio drew someone else's tits. And he wasn't yeah. married to them. And then yeah. they were just, God was like, look, I got to sink this ship. It's out of and my then control. They, they did the nasty in somebody else's car. It wasn't even their car. You know, yeah. how disrespectful. For what real. a vile film. I mean, when you think about it, the Titanic <laughs> deserved to go under for their sins. It's kind of like Sodom and Gomorrah, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like modern day Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, totally. Totally. I get it. Some people <laughs> don't really come around so easy to the, you know, the whims of God, but. I feel like there's like a a romanticism about like the sea and sailing and all of that kind of stuff. You know, you watch like Master and Commander or something like that. But is there is there anything that sounds more miserable than being on a boat with a bunch of stinky dudes for like months at a time living on like salted fish? Well, ask the uh, people in uh, what's that? The uh, Alaskan crab fishing show. They seem... It seems like it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's that. And then there's like the people that were taken, you know, against their will and just oh, yeah. shoved in the bottom of a ship. It's off. It's awful to think about. It's awful. But I just now re-listen to... to like the uh, the last hardcore history that came out was about the Atlantic slave trade. Oof. And I'm sure he gets into oh some details. Yeah. Well, like one of the things that I didn't realize is that like. They didn't just like put people on the boat and sail like they had to fill the ship to make like the people were just sitting there. Yeah, they were stuck on these ships in like almost like coffin like conditions for it could be a couple months before they even start moving. Yeah, it's bad. It was bad. I saw this. uh, I saw this quote today and it was talking about you guys heard that Twitch uh, passed away. The dancer DJ guy. Twitch. Yeah, he was the like co-host for Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, that would like always dance. Okay. 
He was young too. He was 40. Yeah, he um he died by suicide unfortunately. Oh. And I saw this quote today that was something like uh in regards to him dying by suicide it was saying um people don't jump into the water if they think the boat is safe or something like that. And so it kind of reminded me of that like cuz there's so many people that would just like jump off the boat if given the opportunity and it's like, well yeah, what else are you going to do? When the yeah. alternative is going somewhere that you don't want to go and doing things that you don't want to do. Ugh, it's awful. Yeah. It's like the, just the the most barbaric and awful things. Well, on that note, you got yeah, a fun story? I do. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, Abraham and Abimelech. I kind of, I don't know what made me think of this story recently, but God, it's fun. And there's three different, ver- not versions, but there's three different similar similar stories hmm. in the bible <laughs> now Abimelech's a name that didn't make the cut long it didn't abraham did but my next pet know. will be named uh, what is it abimelech that's abimelech. yeah it just rolls right off the tongue so there's a that's really a good, good cat name there's a great <laughs> plot twist in this story um you don't really see it coming now do i get right into it and start reading or do i provide some prefaces to the three the three stories. The stories three. <laughs> I like a little context. All right. All right. So there's a story of uh, reoccurring uh, of people claiming that their wives are their sisters. Does this ring a bell to anybody? What? It's like, we're going into this new area and uh, this is my wife and she's a uh, total 10. And if I don't, tell this person uh the king or the ruler of this area that they're my sister they're gonna notice me waltz in with this total specimen and be like oh we should kill the shit out of this guy and so this wasn't like a fun fat life sort of thing no no they're like they're worried about their lives they're like we're gonna be murdered and that person's gonna steal them and be like this is now they live in my palace now um but if i say um that person's brother well then they'll be like Look, your sister's hot, and I'm gonna take care of you. I mean, I don't see any reason to do anything different. Like, so I don't really get like the the point is they really, really, really respect certain boundaries. They're like husband, dad, brother. I got you. I don't know why, but that's just that's just the way the world worked back then. And if you have a problem with it, take it up with your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, This is the second time this happens. Uh, the first time is uh, just not as interesting. Uh, we find out a little bit more uh, in the second time. But the first time Abraham tries to go to Egypt and was like, oh, we're going into Egypt. Uh, and they're going to notice that you're talking to his wife, Sarah. At that time, she was Sarai. It's cool that she has a name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. Uh, and, and her name also gets changed. Uh, yeah, I like on. when the when the metamorphosis thing happens and you get a new name. I I like when mm-hmm. that happens in the Bible. I think we need to uh, bring that back. So whenever people For accept sure. Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, you have to change your name. That's I think we should do that. You're you're Can into I, your yay phase. Yeah, Sharona, like the song Sharona. Mm, yeah, my Sharona. <laughs> Because it's close, it kind of sounds the same, but not quite, which yeah. seems to be the pattern in the Bible. So yeah. I think it'll work. I'm Samothan. If uh, I get you know, your name, 
Has anybody ever called you Char? Yes, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. <laughs> Call me Reese. That's fine. That's that's the name I give to Starbucks. They'll fuck it up anyway. But... Yeah, they will. Oh. <laughs> but what the yeah. fuck do they do sh- to Sharice? Oh, I don't even I don't even attempt it anymore. Yeah, I imagine normally they put like Christine or something, and I'm like, Sharice, eh. <laughs> this is Christine. You're like Starbucks. This okay? So call it six times, and then they're finally like. Who got the one that's just pumps? <laughs> Me. Pure who's, sugar. Who's milk? <laughs> Pure sugar. <laughs> Can I have a spoon? <laughs> You're just I'm out an of Mormon, and I'm just going wild right now. <laughs> Whenever I'm out of cream, I just hit a Starbucks drive-through window and be like, "Can I get coffee with cream?" and uh, and no coffee, and they're like, "What?" Just <laughs> like, "All right, sure." Yeah, like a extra cream, no coffee, extra, 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 extra cream. Yeah. And then you yeah. just get like sixteen ounces of cream, and you're good for the next like week and a half. But so. does it cost you like fourteen dollars? I feel like no, it, would. it just costs how much a coffee is. Yeah, oh, it doesn't cost so much. Smart. It does make you the worst person in the world. Yeah. yeah, it's like the Starbucks equivalent of spitting your gum in the urinal. Well, yes. I mean, look, it's like half and half. They're giving you half and half, and it's more like half cream, half definitely spit. So, mm, yeah. Well, Starbucks is really struggling financially, so that's really rude of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's tough times <laughs> over there. They have it really hard right now as a corporation. It's so hard. Uh, well, some of them are unionizing, so those are the ones that I go to. And then they turn the square over to you and ask if you want to tip them. And I say, "Damn it, absolutely not." (laughs) All right, here we go. So, yeah, the first time Abram and Sarai go to Egypt, and he pulls this stunt. He, you know, gets a little bit rich while they're there, and then it's like, uh, whatever. The Pharaoh King, whatever it is of Egypt, is all just like, "How? Why would you lie to me about this?" After God tells him, "Like you fucked up big time," and He's like, but I didn't know. How could I know? And God's like, you're right. You you couldn't. Uh, but if someone doesn't pray for you, I'm still going to smite you. And he's like, God damn it. And then everything works out in the end. So it's a good story. But now we're moving on and we're at Abraham and Abimelech. And it's uh, mm-hmm. so now Abraham moved on from there. I don't know where there is. It's inconsequential inconse- un- uh, into the region of Negev. And lived between Kadesh and Shur. And uh, Kadesh, I think, is where the Kadeshians are from. And then Shur is where, like, Sherwin Williams was originally that makes sense. started. Yeah. So. Sir Sherwin Williams, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so for a while, he stayed in Gerar. And there Abraham <laughs> said to his wife, Sarah, she is my sister. Then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. Hey. Uh, like he took, took her, her biblically? See, that's what I was thinking. Just wait for it. But God mm. came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, you are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. And Abimelech dr- is like... In a dry dream? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Abimelech's all like, you would destroy an innocent nation? He He's the one that told me that's my sister. And didn't he also say... Didn't she also say that he's my brother? I've done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. 
And then God said to him, Oh, his yes. hands are not clean. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, he goes, God says to him, yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience. And so I have kept you from sinning against me, which means he doesn't know her biblically, which also sounds oh. insane. Also, I like <laughs> that. He didn't sin against God for having sex with Abraham's wife, mm-hmm, but the mm-hmm. whole part of like the general practice of taking a, a woman into your palace is just like, no, 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 that's not a problem. Yeah. The yeah, problem the is Abraham's my prophet and that's his wife, even though you didn't know. Her. Right, 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 right. It sounds now, like a biblical was... author doing like loop-de-loops to try to keep Sarah pure in the yeah. story. Mm-hmm. It, well, yeah. it's important. Also, um, when did God stop intervening to prevent affairs? I'm just curious. That would have been really nice. <laughs> Ge- no, generally never, only when it's his prophets. Um, uh, and that prophet can't be Hosea in which God made all of all of the infidelity happen. Oh, that's right. He so. only intervenes okay. on behalf of women with names, so that rules out a lot of people in this <laughs> time period. Good call. So God's all like, look, I kept you from sinning against me because you were innocent. So I'm not a complete asshole. Uh, That's why I didn't let you touch her. Now return this man's wife for he is a prophet and he will pray for you. This is what I I also love this. It's like, yeah, it's return this man's wife for he's a prophet and he will pray for you and you will live. God's talking to this guy and is all like, I kept you from sinning uh, against me because you didn't know. But see, Here's the area where my hands are tied. I can't actually not let you die unless Abraham prays for you. So mm. hope for the best and we'll see where this goes. Man, talk about a cock block. Yeah. Total <laughs> How do you suppose he kept him from touching her? You think it was like a it was a bra strap that he just couldn't get undone or Yeah, yeah. It's like the uh the remember the beginning of um 40 year old virgin? <laughs> I think so. He's Steve Carell in that where he's just like, can't get the bra off. That was one of the most uncomfortable scenes. Oh, that movie's so good, though. All time. When he keeps, it's like woman after woman. It's like he cannot get her bra off. So he's like stretching it and tugging at it. It's fucking horrible to watch. (laughs) Been there. Sometimes it's like picking a lock, you know, and you can't see. You like run to the kitchen, grab a pair of scissors, and you're just like, I do like the idea of him just like like trying to uh, to get busy and there's just like a little piece of fabric is stuck in the zipper of his fly and he can't get his pants off. You know? Yeah, yeah. God works in mysterious ways, you know. He doesn't. And we will see that there are more mysterious things that are about to happen. He talks to almost nobody, but he did talk to this pagan king. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. save so, him from destruction. Yep. After God tells him if he doesn't return her, that he'll, well, absolutely die. I've, I've heard the words, you will surely die before. I'm trying to remember where. Hmm. Um, so then early the next morning, Abimelech summoned all of his officials and to explain to them what happened. And so then he calls Abraham and is like, why, why did you do this? I have wrong. Have, how have I wronged you? that you have brought such great guilt upon me in my kingdom. You have done things to me that should never be done. And I like that the conversation between them is just like, Abraham, you've done this to me. It's like, dude, you stole somebody. You took a person and we're like, you're mine now. And he's like, how could you do this to me, Abraham? 
Yeah. And Abraham looked at him like that, and he, he rubbed his fingers together. He said, you know what that is? That's the world's smallest Victrola playing My Heart Bleeds for You. <laughs> so then he goes, Abimelech asks Abraham, what was your reason for doing this? And here we go. Abraham replies, I said to myself, there is surely no fear of God in this place. They will kill me because of my wife. Plot twist. Besides, she really is my sister. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? Really? The daughter of my father, though not my mother. And she became my wife. <laughs> oh. Oh. So this is where we see. You marry the... people if you came out of the same ball bag. Yeah. This yeah, is the origins of uh, that incest porn that seems to be such a big deal it's a big thing these days yeah especially in uh southern areas where southern baptists are prominent Coincidence. the rust belt <laughs> they do love their sisters in christ oh that's so strange this happens three times yeah i actually have a, a kind of fun explanation for that from the uh a particular what's it called the uh, Jewish Encyclopedia, the the Jewish Encyclopedia has uh, kind of a fun thing to say about it, which I think is gen like genuinely neat. Um, anyway, so what was your reason for doing this? Oh, uh, yeah, she's actually my sister for real. And uh, I just happened to marry her. And when God had me wander from my father's household, I said to her, this is how you can show your love for me everywhere we go. Just be like, this is my brother. And if they try to take you to bed, just like go with it. Yeah. <laughs> go for it. Don't rock the boat. And then ask if your brother can watch. Is <laughs> He's a real Fallwell energy. A real Jerry Jr. vibes. <laughs> so a bit like brought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham. So like also oh, that's nice. part of the problem. It's like, look, you can't. Fuck this guy's wife, but you can give them slaves. Also, yeah. those slaves, he's definitely going to fuck some of them because he oh. does later. <laughs> Remember that story? The Ishmael. Their, uh, Remember their Ishmael? He fucked a slave and got Ishmael. So, oh boy. Real stand up people here. Uh, Abimelech is like, hey, my, my land is before you. Live wherever you like. And this is where Abraham, this is how Abraham just gets like real rich. And after getting those slaves and those sheep and the cattle, uh, he's kind of doing just fine. And to, to Sarah, he goes, I'm giving your brother a thousand shekels of silver to cover the offense against you before all who are with you. You are completely vindicated. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what she needs to be vindicated from. I think Maybe he did try to pull something. I just like that, like, she needs to be vindicated from her bad behavior. Wouldn't she? She lied on what command of her husband, who definitely has all the playing cards there. Like, was she going to be like, I hear you, husband, but we live in 2000 BC and I'm saying no. Right. Right, right, right. Cool. The the righteous thing for the woman to do in that biblical setting is to dive off the castle. It's really her only way out. Offered in a burnt well, offering. Guys, it's a it is a happy ending because Abraham does pray to God and God heals Abimelech from whatever it was that was ailing him that we was not mentioned before this. And his wife 
and his female slaves so they could have children again. So Abimelech has, oh God, guys, it's fine. Uh, Yeah, Sarah's hot. Absolutely. Total 10. But Abimelech is like, well, I still have tons of other female slaves I can have sex with. And Mm -hmm. the Lord opened their wombs and now I can have children with them again. So everything's fine. I love when the Lord does that, don't you? May the Lord open, right? Under Abimelech said, when God closes one door, he usually opens He another. opens a womb. <laughs> <laughs> so the Lord kept all the women in Abimelech's household. Oh, for the, oh yeah, that's, sorry. Getting ahead of myself. Everyone's good. They can have children now. And we find out in the very last sentence of this chapter that the Lord had act, had kept them from having uh, children, kept them from conceiving. Now it, Kept them for that is it's an interesting way to end this, right? Wait, he like, opened their wombs, but they couldn't conceive. No, so I, I just what I think what's so weird about it is it's like God's like, How could you do this? and he's like, I didn't know. And God's like, I know Abraham will pray for you and you won't die. And then it ends with, Well, his wife and his female slaves could all have children again because the Lord had kept all the women in Abimelech's household from conceiving because Abraham's wife, Sarah, because of his wife, that bitch. How could she? Women are God so gets, up, gets up to some really petty stuff at that point in time. Yeah. yeah. But uh, also then um, Abraham's son, Isaac, there's a story about him also saying that his wife is his sister. I think I do remember that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, I don't remember that one. To uh, just be a little serious about it for a second. This is what I think is cool about like the Jews versus the Christians. Um, they just have a much better, they just have a much more reasonable, like Christians. I remember reading that story as a kid. Um, <laughs> like with my parents, like my, we, as what? a homeschooled boy, <laughs> as a, I remember asking my mom why they would, why he would lie about that. What I don't remember is Sarah being his sister. So I'm wondering if my mom skipped over that part. Cause that mm. might've stuck, you know, I might've been like, yeah. he fucked his sister. Yeah. Kids are very literal. Uh, but you know, we what had, the, uh, what did the Jews say about it? So I'm getting to it, but we had Bible time. Uh, we had, that was one of my homeschool classes and me and my siblings and sit and my mom would read like the, it was like a chronicle chronological order Bible. And I, I very much remember the story and asking about why this would happen. I don't remember getting a clear answer. I mean, I was happy to accept that my mom didn't know, like she wasn't a Bible scholar or anything like that. So she was like, yeah, I probably got some simplistic answer and was like, I, I guess that'll work for now. But, um, it is weird to think about just like reading through these stories and having these questions when I'm like, 12 13 and you're 14 maybe even and you're just like why are we reading this as a family yeah same same with the book of mormon story like i remember reading it as a kid or like learning the song about it and like yeah laban's head gets chopped off cool (laughs) but we can't watch rated r movies yeah like who was the chopper nephi nephi nephi's got real mordecai vibes we just Nephi. went through the book of uh, Esther. Well, he and... is a he is a man of large stature, according to himself. Don't forget, Mordecai. Uh, he he really sets himself up to look good in the in the book of Esther. 
it's like it's like got her name about it but really the whole book is just like him like gloating about how good he is <laughs> i mean i think that was just them like we should probably have a book named after a woman right yeah we should it can still be about a man but we should at least name <laughs> yes. it after a woman yeah you're right it's like i wrote this book it's all about me but we'll call it <laughs> that's the so book funny of esther where esther does what i told her to do <laughs> the book of esther as told by mordecai yes. she was so good at doing what i said now that's a good name mordecai that could be a cat name that's yes. a really good cat name it's a yeah good name. we, we talked about legit. that too it's a it's definitely one that could make a comeback yeah yeah uh, okay, so the the Jewish encyclopedia talking about this, which is this is the juxtaposition to growing up Christian. You they feel like they need to kind of make sense of it all and be like, this happened three times because uh, no one learns from their mistakes and uh, uh, it, like you just see them scramble. But then the the Jewish encyclopedia is like, from the point of from the point of view of the history of culture, these episodes are very instructive, but it is not very probable that Abraham would have run the risk twice. <laughs> Moreover, a similar incident is reported in regard to Isaac and Rebecca. The recurrence indicates that none of the accounts is to be accepted as historical. Did anyone ever hear those words in no. Christianity? What? No fucking chance. All three are variations of a theme common to the popular oral histories of patriarchs. The women were married in the way, sorry, uh, that women were married in the way here supposed is not to be doubted. The purpose of the story is to extol the heroines as most beautiful and show that patriarchs were under special protection of the deity. And that's it. They just explain the history of what they're like, this happened three times and it probably didn't really, but it's just giving you it's give it's like it, it works with the oral histories of patriarchs of that time and communicates an idea and not necessarily a legitimate event. And that is something I never heard once in my no. entire evangelical mm -hmm. life. It is hilarious that like, you know, you think about what you can extrapolate from these stories and like how deep and, and interesting it gets when you think about it in those terms that like, you yes. know, this is kind of like a parable that's trying to communicate a, you know, a specific message. And, and, you know, this is what you can kind of glean from how they wrote it and what they meant by it, blah, blah, blah. Like so much more out of that than just like, well, look, uh, Abimelech, <laughs> you know, he, he, got the fear of God put in him and he answered the call. And you know, that's the thing is God, when, when we call out to him, he's willing to forgive us. And that's what we can glean from this story. And you're like, right. Oh, just okay. Somebody saying that over a pulpit. <laughs> <laughs> now yep. I would love for a pastor to tell someone that his wife is his sister. And then. Yikes see what happens and then be like i was just following the biblical narrative right i think it would go well just joshing i mean it didn't work for jerry but <laughs> okay i have this question that i've been thinking about like man this is something that we should ask everybody so like i remember at my church it was very buttoned up very uh conservative you know and stuff 
but there was still always like people that would push their way to the front, like kind of nutty people that, you know, probably shouldn't have given mm-hmm. them a microphone because they were out of their gourds, but <laughs> mm-hmm. we did because everybody's trying to be polite, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, did uh, did you guys have that? And do you remember like any specific people that <laughs> were, were just like odd and making the most out of like the, the, the politeness of the congregation? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So in Mormon congregations, once a month, we you have testimony meeting where anybody can get up and like bear their testimony over the pulpit. Oh, that must have been amazing. It's uh, it's yeah. Yeah. I mm -hmm. Um, growing up, me and my sister would actually do testimony bingo. So we would write like. We would write people's names who like would go up month after month after month and then like check them off like as they went up. And uh, uh, I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. They just one, sharing like mundane things. One specific one that I will always oh, me and my sister were talking about this just the other day because it was so funny. Um, it was this lady in our congregation and she was talking about like integrity and she had gone yeah she'd gone to get like a juice or a soda or water or something out of a vending machine and put in like the money for one and two came out and she just was prompted by the holy spirit to not take the second one to only take what she had paid for and she was just so grateful to the holy spirit for you know helping her have integrity in that moment and i remember me and my sister like looking at each other and we're like you take the second one, right? Like anyone would be like, yeah, free soda. That's a blessing from <laughs> yeah, the Lord. Exactly. Man of heaven. <laughs> so amazing. Uh, that was yeah. like her specific, like not sleeping with the dude's wife that she thought it was his sister. Like she was spared from judgment. Yes. And or she, that was I, like penance for sleeping with the dude's wife. Ooh. Ooh. Or, <laughs> no, I think I said that wrong, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. The other way. Put that thing down, flip it and reverse it. And then we'll, I got you. We'll be good. Picking up what you're putting down. Or don't. And that's what she's really beaten up about because. Yeah, that could work too. Mormons. Yep. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I do remember uh, there were, it wasn't like, it wasn't, church leadership didn't come out against like Harry Potter. I know some churches did. We never got anything that was like, don't read Harry Potter like it's evil. But I do remember somebody uh, mentioning in over the pulpit that Harry Potter was like evil. But then ironically, during a testimony meeting, um, a teenage kid like related everything in Mormonism to Quidditch. And it was so funny. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus man. is the golden snitch, you know, like just <laughs> and snitches get stitches and Jesus died for our sins. So, yeah, and we just—we're just all trying to catch him, you know. We're just all—we're tr- just trying to reach him. We're spending our whole lives just trying to reach him. Oh this man, is that's awful. funny. We used to have this guy that was like—he <laughs> wasn't like a—he was a pastor, but he was ancient. Like he was—I don't know—had to be in his eighties. He was kind of hunched over, and he couldn't like project very well anymore, you know. So he had to like talk real close to the microphone. His name was Pastor Prang, and he would once in a while, like they would let him get up and talk 
and we just dreaded it because he it was like all all he did was talk about like the most mundane details of his life and how like god worked through them i remember him i literally remember him like telling like a 10 15 minute story about how like god helped him find the perfect bolt to fix his screen door oh god i love those stories (laughs) god help me find my keys and i'm just like cool why can't he like take away aunt kathy's cancer then (laughs) what about all the non-christians who found their keys this morning huh (laughs) well you know satan knows the scriptures too and uh and this demons tremble or whatever whatever it was i do i didn't really i can't think of many from my like later teen years uh of like the person who just made something out of nothing I, there has to be some I, i'm hoping if i rack my brain a little bit more i'll come up with one but i think i've even shared this one before but uh at the church that I was at when i lived on Cape Cod. So I was 12, I guess it was right before I moved and we found a new church, but he was, the pastor was like going through popular music and how like dark, I mean, this stuff's on the radio and listen to some of these lyrics. And it's like one of the, the, some of the lyrics he read was like, this is what, this is what our kids are listening to. This is from a band called Sum 41. Oh says, no. The doctor <laughs> said my mom should have had an abortion. this is what your children are listening to (laughs) at least they picked a somewhat modern band like yeah whenever we'd get those it would be about like the doors and led zeppelin yeah i i was 30 years ago (laughs) but you know he googled that week he had no idea he was like he had to like i don't think he listens to the radio but you know so then he also did mention like Eminem and then read some Eminem lyrics and Eminem look I I'm, I'm going to give him a pass on Eminem like troubling yeah. you know like no one's going to be like yeah no that's wholesome <laughs> oh no he was just kidding about you know that person being tied up in his trunk and then driving that car in, into off a bridge into the water and, like and beating people it was his lyrics were harsh and I think it, it was incredibly reasonable for parents to be concerned about their 12 year olds listening to Eminem. Now, I uh, did I like the real Slim Shady at that time? Absolutely. Could I say re- most of the words? Mm-hmm. But you know, <laughs> and you thought you were cool. And I did. I think that made me really cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> Nevertheless, equals clean slate. <laughs> Nevertheless, do demons? These lyrics or- are my sister. <laughs> Do demons play a, a role in Mormonism or do you guys not have like the exorcists and all that crap? Exorcist, no. Demon is not really a term. Uh you can be like possessed by an evil spirit. That's a thing. Really? What kind yeah. of Yeah. Like what do they explain the evil spirits to be? The spirit the of hot spirits. beverages. <laughs> baristas <laughs> um so uh how do i explain this without like going into a rabbit hole okay so mormons believe that you had consciousness and a soul before you were born weird concept i know and um that the the third of souls that like didn't choose to follow jesus that went with satan those are the souls that possess people what what are the yes. souls that followed jesus 
Angel? That's us. Yeah, that's us. Wait, wait, wait. No, no. Stop. Stop. <laughs> the souls that followed Jesus pre-history, like pre-everything. We call it the pre-existence, Sam. Wh- okay. <laughs> yeah. The pre-cum souls. Mormons are Calvinists. <laughs> we'll stick with the theme of uh, yeah. discharge. Pre-Jack, and, Jack, if you yeah. will. <laughs> oh, the pre-Jacks. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so the pre-Jack souls <laughs> followed Jesus. Yes. And those became humans, but the ones that rebelled became evil spirits. Evil spirits. Yeah, they, they don't get bodies, human, they but just they, like... can, they can possess people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a pre-Jack no, makes sense. that slightly rebels is a Jack Mormon. Exactly. Yeah. Is it Jack? You got Mormon? it. There we go. Okay. Wow. It's full circle. I, we, I get it now. I just needed I needed you to connect the dots for me. Uh, but I do have uh, this is I didn't realize how like weird and funny this was until I told somebody. So I was literally told growing up as a Mormon that if you ever think an evil spirit is like in the room with you, you should ask to shake their hand because they won't they won't be able to touch you because they don't have a body. Oh, like if you see somebody in yeah, the room you that you suspect. Someone, like, yeah, and you're okay. like, oh my gosh, is this a real person? Are you an evil spirit? You should be like, hey, nice to meet you, and they won't be able to touch you. You should just do like a security clearance of every room, like like the Secret Service when you walk in, just be like, hello, hello, good to meet yeah. you. Somebody I tries to give one. you a fist bump, you're like, what's your deal? <laughs> I love that the alarming part isn't like, look, hey, if you wake up in the middle of the night and there's someone standing in the corner of your bedroom, don't look just try to shake their hand because if they can't they're a spirit and now you don't have to be afraid that there's a real person in your room and if they can (laughs) well then you know like i'm sorry i I, god damn it i hope they can't shake my hand like you're not comforting me i know i need i need to know that they if they shake my hand like i need to know that now i'm actually concerned for real but i'm also probably dead at this point right right that is like yeah. the most terrifying thing to me. Like the idea of like waking up and there's someone in your room or like yes. staring oh in your gosh. window. At like just and you're just like, can you try to touch me, please, so I can see if you're real? Yes. Can you imagine? <laughs> I gotta see if I need to justify these giblies that you're giving me. <laughs> I remember when the movie The Strangers <laughs> came out. Ooh. I yeah. like it wasn't a gruesome movie, but it was just so prolonged and creepy that super that creepy. was might be the first and only time after watching that movie might have been it was definitely the first and it might be the only time i ever locked my doors oh my gosh so for those who are listening i don't lock my doors <laughs> i was gonna say i lock my doors every day well, yeah you, oh yeah I don't know. we lock I the doors in a... inside the house too <laughs> like I, we lock like our bathroom door and our our room door <laughs> I guess I probably lo- when I lived in a city, I, I guess I locked them, but I would not sometimes. Like I, I really never, it's never really crossed my mind to lock doors, uh, to be honest. But wow. now I live like on a dead end dirt road, and I have zero. I, I don't think I've locked my doors in five years. So I'm home invasions are real. In. Home invasions, I'm not even concerned about. I, in all honesty, like I've, I've written down that all the stuff I own is worth is like nicer than it actually is. So that way, like if I, I'm hoping for a home invasion, I'll just like make out right. so good. Uh, right. But I just live in a, 
world where I don't feel like someone's going to come into my house to try to murder me. So if, if someone invades my white? home, I'm gonna have <laughs> to kill it's them. It's called male privilege. <laughs> you should try it. It's sick. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I won't. No one's gonna. No one's gonna do anything to me. Yeah, like, what are they gonna no do to me? To I'm a white man. Because I'm a bitch. <laughs> I know for a fact I'm a bitch. If anyone ever tried to fight me, I would. Oh. I would go. I would collapse. I I have I don't have a fighting bone. You don't have any like. Do you have like uh, like any sort of weapon or anything like that? Like no. So you're just pre giving up, basically. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I trust the Lord, Casey. Come on. He'll just say that his wife is a sister. It'll be okay. (laughs) Someone comes to my house. I'm like, that's my sister, and they're like, oh, okay, we're good. Take her to me. Come with me. Like Like George Costanza pushing kids out of the way to get out of the fire. I mouth thank you as they're like dragging her out yes. of the room. Sharice, <laughs> you got a you got like a like a kitchen knife like stashed in your nightstand or anything like that? Mm, no, nothing like that. Uh my my boyfriend is in law enforcement. I'm not like overly concerned. Like, there you go. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so you're arguably when I lived in alone, the best shape. Yes. <laughs> I used to like travel for work all the time and I would come back sometimes and like lay down and I'm like, what? is this and there would be like a pair of scissors under my pillow (laughs) what is this she's like well i just like to have something like in case you know and i'm like there's a there's a shotgun right next to the bed (laughs) what are you gonna do with scissors (laughs) i guess there was one time in my life outside of the after watching the strangers uh that i was i can remember being like overcome with dread like I felt paralyzed with fear and it was nothing. It was, I, I don't know why I felt that way. And it must've just, I, 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 whatever, I'll explain this. It didn't make sense for me. So I, I'm in my house. This is when I lived in my previous house. I'm in, so it's a city, uh, but I lived in an area that was zero concern for anything strange or nefarious. Um, Killed all the lights. This is pre having any kids or anything. So kill all the lights, go up to my bedroom and I get in my room and my closet light was on and it was like a walk-in closet. And I was just like, why is the light on in there? And I, I didn't think for, I, I, I was like, because my wife was already in bed and she's asleep and I'm like, she, there's no way she wouldn't have turned that light off. Like, this doesn't make sense. Like she, would never sleep with that light on and you could see it coming in from the door and was lighting up the room enough. And I'm like, I just sat and stared at it for like 15 minutes in my, like oh, at the end of my bed. I just kept I looking hate that feeling. And I'm like, yeah, I finally got up and like walked over to the closet and like put my hand on the, and like the whole time you're thinking like, if I open this, like I'm actually, I'm actually going to die. If someone's on the other end of this, like, right. You'll, if I see somebody there, I don't think I even have it in me to do anything. I think I'll, like, I think in a true, like, uh, life threatening situation when it comes to, like, fight, flight, or what is it? Fight, flight, fall, freeze, fawn. or freeze. It's like, I, I would be a, I'm a total freezer, I think. I think that's what solidified in my mind that I am a freezer. I would open it and just be like, I, 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 I would collapse. I don't think I would have it in me to do anything. I would be terrified. Like I, 
felt like I could barely stand up opening the closet door and you open it, nothing there. And you, the, that feeling in your like chest, it's like you realize you weren't breathing. You're like, and it doesn't, and then you, the next morning you're like, why was I so scared? It didn't even make sense. Like your like rational brain leaves you. Lizard brain. Yeah. It's like yeah. true existential dread. End of the life. This is yep. it for me. And I even like ended up like poking around some of the clothes to make sure someone. Oh, you got like, you gotta make sure. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. look under the bed. Like, I've been in my house this whole time. Doesn't matter. It didn't matter. It yeah, was. The, I think that was. That's like a. It's like marked as the most terrified I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah, I've gotten like flashes of that. Like. Oh man, the one that I remember like most recently was so we live like out in the country, middle of nowhere, and we have a lot of owls. And they're mostly barred owls, and then we have some great horned owls. But barred owls, like most of the time they make like a you know, it's like more like a hooting sort of noise. You know, they always say that they make they say, Who cooks for you? Hooty, who who cooks for you? (laughs) Is what they sound like. But occasionally they make this noise that is just like blood curdling. It's like Ooh, a scream. Don't love that. Yeah, we we were walking around one night out in the yard, and there was one sitting on the like on the power lines, and I had I mean we didn't see it, and we're like maybe like straight line, maybe twenty five yards from it, and so we're just walking along, and this thing lets out just like this blood curdling scream and i just got that like everything just dropped to the pit of my stomach it's like your brain is scrambling to try to like place that noise and determine what it is and i was just like, the threat, basically yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's it i don't think i'd probably do anything in those situations either but <laughs> you I don't certainly know. wouldn't grab the shotgun in your room <laughs> yeah. you'd be like here take this and you give it to the guy who's in there trying to kill you <laughs> We've had some like weird stuff over the years with like uh, April's internet following. Yeah, so, I'm sure can be fucking unhinged, dude. We had yeah, we had like a, a time period where there was one person that kept like somehow got her phone number and kept calling and yo, it was strange. It was really weird, and I just like thought about it all the time, like. Every night you go to bed and you like check all the doors and everything like that. Just, yeah, ooh. that's just scary. Ew. Yeah, people are creepy. I would say <laughs> w- within my house, I feel pretty secure. Um, it's like when I like I'll go hiking. And I mean, I take my dog, but she's 20 pounds. What's she going to do? So I always have this like paranoia, like going hiking by myself or like walking somewhere that's like kind of remote. And then it's I feel bad because there will be like a guy that kind of like is like gaining, you know, closing up on me. And I just, I keep like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, think that's reasonable. Yeah. I think that's what are you reasonable doing? to think about, you know? <laughs> yes. Well, uh, well, and then I yeah. always feel bad when they like pass me and they're like, how's it, how's it going? Beautiful day. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> like get away oh, from me. Got you like a fish. I am a chaser. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope everyone uh, sleeps well tonight. (laughs) Right? Yes. Don't think too hard. And uh, remember, if you think you might have to go to the bathroom, get up and go. 
And if you're no feeling it. scared, <laughs> I, would, yeah. I would also just, you know, suggest that if you're feeling scared, you can crack open your Bible and whichever mm-hmm. passage you open up to will probably be the right one for you. And that's what God wants you to read in that moment. And there's certainly plenty of stories we've covered here tonight that I think should be really, you know, helpful comforting. and comforting if, yeah. if you need it. And the Lord saith, stand to thy ground. Let's see, that's in Ezekiel, I think. Oh, I, I wasn't sure if that was like a... I didn't know uh, you're done. Yeah, I was expecting that to be one <laughs> of those things where yeah, the, the, I was waiting for something up. profound. Yeah, the, <laughs> the bit died so, in my mouth. Like, <laughs> and all God's people said, and I was waiting. I thought it was that. Like, am I supposed to know what to say after this? It's like, and what is it? The Lord is, the Lord is good. And then people go, all the time. And then the pastor goes, all the time. And then people go, the Lord is good. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the fun fun parts of church. Real thing, we never did that. God is good all the time. (laughs) Yeah, all the time. God is good. Oh wow, (laughs) it's clever, really. I mean, it's like when you think about it's like uh, Godception. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, it's yeah, it goes in a circle, and it's like, oh, it's true. Okay, yeah, it's true because 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 it's true, and cause a wheel. It works. <laughs> well, Sharice, I'm fine. I'm glad we finally got to hang out again. Yes, thank you. Thank, for you. thank you guys so much. Thanks for being patient with me, rescheduling a bunch of times. I'm glad we got to hang out. Yes, definitely. Glad. Glad Where can people uh... find you? Oh, uh, let's see. I'm on all the socials except Twitter. I did get rid of it. Yep. Uh, as the existential ginger, and that's the name of my podcast too. Come hang out. There it is. We should get rid of it. It's useless. <laughs> we got I rid never of used it, to be honest. So the Elon Musk thing was just like the nail in the coffin for me. I was like, I just don't even care. I don't want to be here when the dumpster fire rolls down the hill. So <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. I mean, I use it. It's like tw- Twitter's weird. It's like if you don't have a blue check mark, you're essentially a nothing person. I just um, get overwhelmed. I get really overwhelmed. I miss buying the blue. Che- I should have bought a blue check mark when I had the mm. chance, but I didn't. So now yeah. I'll just it's it's it is weird because someone would like, you know, they could have a couple thousand followers and a blue check mark. And it's just like they post something and it's like everyone's like, that's amazing. Like people like cozying up to this all sounds like an excuse for why we don't get a lot of interaction on Twitter now. So I'm just <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> no, what you mean? I mean it's it's hard on any of the social media platforms anymore. It, like if you're not posting like consistently on every day, every day yes. at the same time, and posting on your stories and your reels, and posting videos and posting photos, and you know, doing mentions and doing like it's just, it's just too much. Like, I'm just like fuck it. Like Instagram is all uh, we we could post a meme or something, anything like funny, and it's it does well. And then you post an episode and you tag somebody and you have a long description and it looks promotional and Twitter. I mean, and Instagram's like, uh, we're going to show this to like three people. And unless you pay us $100, no one will see this. Literally. That's how it works. (laughs) So dumb. You can give us two grand and we'll show it to a bot farm. Yes. (laughs) That's it. It's ridiculous. Man. Well, thanks everybody for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.